Mulch. Check. Soil. Ooh, I don't know. We need to know about soil. What is it made up of and why is it so damn potent? Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the Backyard Gardener, and Batavia, the Front Yard Gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. I'm having some serious um, mechanical difficulties with my equipment here, but that's okay. Soil. I forgot to hide myself. Oh, you'd be looking at yourself the whole time? Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want too much more of that, right? (laughs) Leads to doing some strange things. Don't be doing it. Don't be doing it. You excited to talk about dirt? Oh, yeah. I live for it, man. Do you? Yeah, no. It's like, I think it's like the most unsexy topic you could talk about in gardening. But don't you think? But don't you think that there is some general expectation? I think that people get it's dirt. You're going to be in the dirt. I think there's a whole thing around like bugs and all of that, that people don't really like. That's the real dirty secret for gardening. Right. But I think people accept the idea that, you know, there's dirt involved. No, I don't know. I don't, you know, well, first of all, I did a poll on my Instagram Mm -hmm. and I was just like, you know, have you ever had a soil test? And, you know, or would you ever get one? And 98% of the people answered, no, don't know, don't care. Mm-hmm. And there's just a handful of people that were like, yeah, you know, I definitely have gotten a soil test or I'm curious about it. And it was very interesting to me because I was the same way. I was like, I'll never get a soil test until I had an issue. And then I got a soil test and oh mm-hmm. boy. Was, See, it's the what is it? What's the old saying? Be careful what you look for. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's a good practice to have. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think mm-hmm. it's it's a good thing to kind of, you know, especially if you're really into gardening and you know we've talked about before pushing the level of what your soil can handle. You know, growing constantly. Sure. I think it's important to stay on top of it. So. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. But for you, didn't you? experience some growing issues and i thought that's what led you to you know yes. realizing that there's something that's not quite right here let me get this tested to determine what's what and who's who yeah so well the wild garden i wanted to get tested anyways because i had never really planted in all my years of gardening i've never just really said okay i'm gonna plant in the virgin soil mm-hmm, and um so i was curious about that anyways and it wasn't as productive as i would like and then sure. throughout last year, the rest of my gardens, there was some weird stuff going on that I just couldn't pinpoint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You ever get like an issue? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's this, it's that. There was just something I couldn't figure out. So I was like, what the hell? I'm going to get a soil test anyways. And it's yeah. free through my yeah, extension yeah. service. At the right time of year, it's free. So I was like, hell, let's do it. So learned a lot. I'll say that. So I'm going to yeah. bestow my knowledge and some of other stuff that we have gathered over time about soils for you guys. Mm-hmm. I um, 
going back to what the 92% you mentioned, was that 92%? 90, I I think I said 98, but it may have been 92, something, you know, high percentage. Yeah. So, so 90 plus percent, I think generally there are a bunch of people that don't know that this, this thing even exists. And for those that do know that it exists, it's kind of, it's a problem solving technique. So if I don't feel like I have some problem that I can't solve otherwise, right? you know, why go for it? I mean, I think that, you know, generally moving to some new area, we had a listener question, um, um, I think back last fall around, you know, working up a new farm area that her and her family were living in. And that's an instance where, you know, she had identified, I think, some problem areas with her soil. Um, And I can get like getting that kind of scenario tested. Um, I'm going to rock with it, I think, until, you know, the wheels fall off, which means vegetables aren't doing what they need to do. You are part of the 92 percent. Just just so the world. (laughs) Damn it. You know how they say. And I was like. would Go you ahead. like to answer this survey? And I'm like, I thought I said no. Yeah, I was scrolling through it. And I was like, son of a bitch, Batavia. At least you could be on my side. But, you know, it's, it's. I agree with you completely, though. And I think you have a great point. Like, if it ain't broke, don't even try to fix it. You know, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. But, you know, at some point, too, I think it's good to have a baseline. Because... um what I was doing was just wrong. And it was mm. interesting to see that, you know what I mean? It's interesting to be like, holy shit, like everything I've been adding is just, it's not good. It's not fixing it. You know, it's, and as a matter of fact, every step I took was leading to make the problems worse and worse. Mm, and okay. so, and there was like nothing that I could do to improve it with literally mm. nothing I could do to improve it. See, I, I haven't figured out what what to call it or how to describe it um, other than to say there's something about my style of gardening where I just don't want to like I don't want the plus one. I don't want to add a thing if I don't yeah. absolutely have to. Right. So even when you talk about the things that you're adding, I'm saying to myself, well, shoot, whatever I got is what I got, you know. Outside of compost, stay tuned for more on that. Yeah. Uh, outside of compost, you know, um, I just, uh, you know, and I'm not, this isn't an episode where it's due as Batavia recommends, you know, this is really a conversation regarding, you know, knowledge around soil and things that you should keep an eye out for. Um, because once you start in my mind, you could end up in that trap of continuing to try to add and adjust and resolve. Now, granted, Instead of going at it that way, get a soil test and it's going to give you, as you'll reveal, specific directions on what you should be doing to improve upon it. Right. Um, But I mean, I'm rolling with the good, better, best, man. So my soil may not be the best, but I think it's damn good. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's there's key things. So first of all, it's important. I'm just about to read the uh, the soil test to you guys, but I want to just set it up like this. This garden here in each there's okay there was at the time of the testing there was four raised beds and there's two wild garden beds okay mm-hmm. and the wild gardens are native soil they're virgin soil if you want to put it say it like that and they are two years old but the four raised beds are the oldest there is one that i started one year and that one i believe is four years old and then the mm-hmm. other ones are three years old at this point so it's okay. important to note that there are different ages and they had soil that I had brought in because it's a raised bed. Mm-hmm. So I had brought in perfectly engineered soil three years ago. Mm-hmm. 
And in that time frame, I did not add compost. What I did is I added more soil. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. which was to the detriment. And then another thing that I did is I added wood chips last year. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is all going to factor into this. Okay. Okay, so it's kind of like breaking it down. Like as I look at it and I was reading what they said add and I started breaking it down, I was like, oh, no shit. This is, th- I could see where the issue was kind of arising. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if I go through and we're going to say this is the first one is the perfect one where I brought in the soil and it was all it's perfect ph it's mm-hmm. perfect amount of nutrients the perfect ratio of compost to soil to sand for drainage and everything it's engineered the college here the um agricultural college uses it in our state you know so it's it's proven to be very good okay. um so basically what you do is you go through and you take your sample and you take your sample and you dig down to a certain depth and, you know, you just take random samples all the way across, send it to cinnamon, they test it. And on this one, my pH was 7.1, so it's a little bit high, okay? <clears throat> but my phosphorus index is very high. I had a lot of phosphorus index. So the max is supposed to be 70, and I was at 82, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty high. And then my. So you're p- going to talk about how that kind of thing could happen, right? Well, I'm going to talk about what I assume can happen, but you know what I mean? Like there's not so much I can tell you. I'm just not a soil scientist. Yeah. And then (laughs) my potassium now, this is key, is 22 and it's recommending is 50 to 70. So it was way low. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now they don't test for nitrogen. And the reason why (laughs) is because nitrogen is water soluble. So it can go out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I get this recommendation of... It tells you the fertilization rates to put in, okay? So usually, we what do we say on here for fertilizer? We put in like a 10, 10, 10, mm-hmm. whatever. Something that's <clears throat> even, yeah. Right. So this one's saying put in an 8, 0, 24. Hmm. So now you start getting into like, okay, you're trying to correct something. Yeah. Well, they yeah. don't make a fertilizer that's an 8, 0, 24 or a 16, 0, 48 or, you know, a... You know, any kind of numbers that would come to that. So then I had to create this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not a soil scientist. (laughs) Right. And it tells me too, and I'm sorry, it tells you 12 pounds per thousand square feet. Okay. Well, in this section, I have 128 square feet. So then you got to calculate that shit. So luckily I called my extension service and they're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, they taught me, they told me how to calculate. I was like, cool, no problem. And the, the other cool thing is he could look at it and say, like, this soil was not from this area because it's not mm. like what we have, this, that, and the other. So, um, but anyways, so then I did my calculations. I put in and guess what happens? Things start growing a lot better. <laughs> Surprising, isn't it? Well, I mean, I just, no, I'm trying not to be. You know, the pessimist that like this isn't like the sugar peel effect, right? Like, you know, you you obviously notably had some issues, some deficiencies when it comes to the vegetables you were trying to grow last year. Right. Right. You get this soil test. It points to deficiencies in the medium you're growing in the soil. Right. Right. You make adjustments. And I'm kind of like you come out the next day like, look at this. Everything's green and lush. Like yeah. that's you know, no, no, that's, no that's, not, that's not what you're describing. But no. it kind of felt that way. <laughs> so I looked it up because I was like, OK, I'm going to add this soil and how long before or this fertilizer, how long before it 
affects it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you start to see differences. And there, there was a range. And yeah. it was 12 to, f- or not, it was two to five weeks. Okay. So I was like, okay, two to five weeks, whatever. You know what I mean? That's key, though. That's really key for two reasons. Minimally yeah. two reasons. One is the timing that you did it. Right. And you made adjustments. It wasn't in the full-fledged piece. Of, like, you weren't in the, the thrust of your garden season. So you really have two to five weeks to spare. Um, but if you were in the midst of your garden season, while two to five weeks is a long time, it's not like I was expecting kind of in next year, you know, this thing will resolve itself once you've made these adjustments. So right. it's good to hear that the remedy can be realized, if you will, right. um, much sooner than I thought. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it is about two weeks because it was still pretty warm mm-hmm, so you know mm-hmm. it, it was able to kind of kick in and I did notice in about two weeks that things were growing more mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the, a little bit greener stuff like that and that's probably a lot to do with the nitrogen because you know at the time I'm growing mostly like greens and stuff like that so sure. the nitrogen affects it but you know you instantly saw not instantly but you know in gardening two weeks is instantly <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the whole summer I'm adding 10, 10, 10 and I shouldn't be. So that means mm-hmm. this year I need to be careful and not be putting in as much potassium. Because was, wait, which number was the, give me the numbers and the way that they come across in the fertilizer bottle or package. NPK. Like give me your numbers. Yeah. So what were your numbers again? That I'm supposed to add? No, that you had. Um, well, nitrogen is, we don't know. Uh-huh. And then um, potassium or phosphorus is 82 and potassium was 22. Okay. 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 So phosphorus was high. Potassium was low in your right. garden. Right. Okay. So, and so yeah. the potassium is for root development and phosphorus is for fruit development, I believe. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I incorrect about that? I get confused now when I'm reading it. NPK, the K is potassium and the K is for roots. Yeah. So I was that getting, right. so it's technically, and there's, I don't know if this is true because I don't have micrometer eyes to look into the soil, but my roots were not as strong. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so that was interesting. Then we go to the wild garden. Oh, now, okay. What did I tell you about the wild garden all year that I knew I had a deficiency of? I don't remember. I had a calcium deficiency. Ah, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I kept getting oh, yeah, yeah, blossom yeah, yeah. I remember rot, the right? butternut squash. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I go through and I get that tested. Now, I get my phosphorus is um, 32. And my potassium is 15. So it's real super low. Okay. Yeah. So super. That number was closer to like 50 or something. So it was yeah, be, right? it's supposed to be. Both of those are supposed to be between 50 and 70. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. super low, right? And my pH is um, 5.7. So it's acidic. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. Now, I didn't tell you the calcium or the other one because it didn't matter. You know, it's just kind of, unless you have an issue. But this was, one, I, I was, was convinced yeah. I had an issue of calcium. Yeah. My calcium was the same. It was perfect. In the wild things garden. In the wild things garden. Hmm. But I was getting the blossom end rot. Yeah. Okay. Which you see on tomatoes, you saw on your butternut squash. You saw, did you see it on watermelon too? Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything would come mm-hmm. in good and then boom, just like that. Mm-hmm. It was like clockwork. Yeah. I would get it. So I, I called the guy and I was like, you know, I was like, 
are you sure the test is right? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, of course it's right. I tested it myself, young lad. <laughs> and I was like, all right, so what's the deal? You know, I was like, I kept getting, and I was like, I would spray calcium on it. Yeah. You know, there was a calcium spray. spray. Okay, okay. There was a okay, calcium yeah. spray that she mm-hmm. sprayed and it would correct it. Mm-hmm. And then it would come back and I'd spray. And then I got to the point where I couldn't find it to buy anymore. And I just had to let things go. So I was talking to him. He was like, it's because your pH is low. So he said, your pH is what affects the uptake of the nutrients and the calcium mm-hmm. is directly affected by it. So yeah. it cannot get it. And I was like, son of it's a It's not absorbing bitch. it in plain people's terms, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, that, that's that's actually a killer because it's the, you're taking these measures to yeah. write what you know is a wrong when it comes to the calcium deficiency. Right. But there's this other thing lingering around, like, we won't let you be great, calcium. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, you got plenty yeah. of it, but we ain't going to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> So, okay. So now... I go to and I add cal because it tells you like this is how much lime to add. Mm-hmm, so I go mm-hmm. to get lime to put it in. Does not take effect for up to at least a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the lime is it's the um, the granules, right? Yeah, I got mm-hmm. the stuff that um. Fuck, I don't know. I can't remember the name of it now. Dolomite lime, I believe that's a little faster acting. And or it's some um, movie from the seventies. You say Dolomite? Oh, I'm that's like, right. dude, have you seen the remake of that movie, by yeah, the way? Yeah, I did, I did. That is a filmmaker, <laughs> an independent filmmaker's dream movie. So I'm going to watch it again now. But um, yeah, so I got like the Lime recommendation. I added it and um, I made the assumption that I was like, okay, this whole area is all planted inversion. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. add to the area. It can't hurt. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because unless you're going like way over. So I was very like limited. So what this means, though, is I need to like next year, I need to follow up until I get the lime adjusted right. Because if you go over, it's really hard to get it to come down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I, I, did, yeah. I just decided to go the air of caution, go a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So a couple of questions. Yeah. So do you believe that was the soil you received? for the regular garden and then just the soil that was there for the wild things garden or do you think the start of this was kind of what you were growing in those spaces that kind of led to the beginning or the initial depletion i'm trying to like for the audience i'm trying to get to an idea of like how close are we to where you are or is your scenario super duper unique you know i don't i i can't tell you that i know Mm -hmm. that you know, I had noticed from the get go off the wild things garden that that was just going to kind of be an issue. And I knew mm-hmm, that there mm-hmm. was something there. So now you have to remember for mine, I'm growing in spring, summer and fall and yeah. really in fall. I mean, all winter. So basically my garden's active to an extent all year long. Yeah. So, um, you know, that could have played an effect. But the other thing, too, is I didn't add compost last year at all. I just topped off with soil, which was a bad mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and that was a conscious decision by me because at the time I could not find bulk compost and I just, I can't go buy bags of compost to fill up mm-hmm. my garden. That's mm-hmm. insanity. You know what I mean? I'd be hundreds of dollars in just to kind of get a quarter inch across my garden. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, you know, I don't know the, the, the right answer to that and it could be, yeah. you know, watering, like, you know, if you're nitrogen is low, you could be too much drainage. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing for the wild things garden is it's mostly sand. 
So there's a lot of drainage. So that's why I've gone back and I've added the compost. Now I finally got a source of compost. So I've added the compost now and put that in and then just kind of letting that just working the soil that way. And then the mulching and stuff like that will help as well. So, oh, and the other thing too is in the, the regular raised bed gardens, I had all of those wood chips and we've talked about this before, how they actually take the nitrogen out before they add it. So As that could have been down. another yeah. issue. So mm-hmm. now all of this being said, I still got stuff out of my garden last year. And I mean, my pantry sure, is full yeah. of cans and stuff, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as much. And I had as productive as you wanted. Yeah, And I had more issues, you know, because mm-hmm. weaker roots or, or strong, weaker plants mean you're more susceptible to diseases and insects. So yeah. our gardens can't be as perfect as Batavia's all the time. So clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think you have to get up past like 288 beds is when things start to level out, level out. And it's like, you know, White House and or Oprah's, you know, orchard and or like it's that it gets to that level. Right. And um, there may be problems, but there are a whole slew of people that basically are paid to to manage them. Right. It's important, (laughs) though, man. It's important to stay on top of that stuff. And I think, um, you know, and I think you've been doing it unknowingly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are. I think there's also, um, and I try to weave this in when appropriate. Uh, For the last, I was doing the count because I didn't want to count on my hands. So this is the 14th season. This is the 14th year that we're in now that I will be gardening. So I've gardened 13 previous years in this space. And about half of that time, I've gardened in just the same, like, you know, um, what do we figure out? 30 by four foot space. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, so if half of that time, so six years, let's call it, I've gardened in that same space. So since then, every space that I've gardened in has been like an extension or an expansion. So you at the top of this, you talked about your four beds and the age of them. And that's actually played in my favor because the age of my garden beds differ wildly. Right. No pun intended. Um, which means that, you know, again, I, the oldest one has been beat up the most, right? You know, has had to do the most work, if you will. Um, where some of these newer ones, even the whole front yard garden was installed in 2019. Right. So it's only been grown in for two years, right? Um, and I've still even expanded that. So I said all of that to say... Um, your brand new garden doesn't ensure you're going to have no deficiencies. Um, but your chances are better, especially if you're getting soil from a good spot. Um, I did have some container issues when it came to blood blossom in rot, you know, and that was all fresh soil, fresh bag soil, potting soil and compost and peat moss. Um, but still had some issues with it. And I mean, it came straight from the bag last spring. Now, you know what I'm saying? So is, nothing though. had been growing in it. Um, I think it was what I was growing inside of it. I was growing tomatoes there and they're heavy feeders. And I had thought to put um, some lime in it at the onset and said, because again, my style is let it go and see what happens. 
You know, so if I would have added lime, I would have assumed if it was successful that I had to add lime going forward. And I didn't add lime and it wasn't as successful. So now I know, you know, that mixture that I use and it could be tweaking some things. I did a third, a third and a third, you know, equal parts of all of those pieces. So um, I'm still when I do stuff in containers, you know, I don't mix any. I just put straight bag soil in. I don't do anything crazy. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why, I just never have. So it's interesting that you do. Yeah, I didn't used to. This could be the influence of um, not so wise social media gardeners. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so historically, I would just, um, and I've grown food in containers over the years, even smaller containers. Um, and I would just use bag soil, you know, bagged um, potting mix or potting soil or whatever. And this year, I think adding the compost is a good idea, but I think there was like me getting caught up on, you know, proper drainage. It's just harder to be quite frank to, to grow in, in containers, you know, the combination of what you're growing plus how big that container is, plus how warm or hot or damp your area is. All of that has to be folded in. So shout out to my container gardeners. Yeah. I mean, and that dude, it's, you know, I like container gardening. I just don't mm-hmm. like watering as much, but like mm-hmm. I literally just dump a bag in there and grow. And the reason why I do that is because all of those numbers are usually balanced just right. In the bag, yeah. And once mm-hmm. you start messing with that, mm-hmm. then you start, you know, screwing it up and then you're like, yeah. oh shit, you know, and it's like adding lime to a container would be the biggest pain in the ass because they give it to you in square footage. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So you're like, oh yeah, I got like a... Point zero 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 one <laughs> square feet. Let's go ahead and uh, break that down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but um, it's interesting. Yeah, that I may you do, do something that. like that with um, you know, because I love a good garden experiment. Yeah, I may do like you know, if I'm doing duplicates of something, straight potting soil, then a mixture in another container, and see what happens. Yeah, because um, I think there's absolutely something. I mean, it all fits into soil. It's absolutely something. One of the things that I noticed that um, I hear a lot, and again, more so from local gardeners, people that I actually know, there is a concept of digging, and how we say get a, a shovel and dig a hole, digging a hole and planting a plant. And my general reaction is, oh, you, you know, you may want to to build that up a bit and add some soil to it. And I don't know, maybe I've been um, fooled, right? You know, you go back to the idea of what you have isn't good enough, you know, so that the dirt that you've been growing your grass in, is it good enough? You know, yeah. my inclination is maybe not, but. Right. You know. And see, and that, it, you know, the one last thing about soil tests and stuff like that is you can mm-hmm. go, you know, you can get the ones that you put in the chemical and you shake. Sure. Mm-hmm. Don't the buy those. Star. They are yeah. dog shit. <laughs> and I would, no, don't use that. Okay. Just don't. It's okay. just, no, okay. no, no, no. Nobody okay. out there in the world don't use that. It's, it's garbage. <laughs> like, no, no. Like, seriously, don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, and the re, you know, you joke, but I, so what happened with me is, I knew that what there I had polar opposites. I had one bed that wasn't, one bed that was high in lime, mm-hmm, and I had mm-hmm. mixed up my soil samples. Mm, I remember. So yeah. I was like, I was like, "Fuck! What do I do?" You know, it took me weeks to get this, mm-hmm. and so I got a test, and I tested both, and they both came out the same. <laughs> and so then I took it out, and I tested both, and they both came out the same, and then I tested both. And they both came out the same. I was like, and finally, I got a different, barely a different mm-hmm. color. 
mm-hmm. barely. But I was able to look at it and be like, okay, this is clearly a lower pH. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was able to d- deduce which one is which. But it was nowhere even close. Like Otherwise, it would be unusable. I would have no clue how much lime to add. Yeah. And I mean, to have these recommendations, you know, it's like that wild garden one. You know, I didn't even tell you they so my my beds wanted eight zero twenty four and my mm-hmm. wild garden wanted six six eighteen. So you to hmm. get those recommendations yeah. is it's huge real finite, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can really like make an educated decision, you know. And so what I'm doing this year is I'm gonna get my test again in the fall. But what I'm gonna do throughout the summer is I'm gonna keep him like I'll still use a ten ten ten. But mm-hmm. then I might add a little bit of that potassium, you know, okay. and add a little bit more nitrogen in and stuff like that just to kind of try and balance that out a bit. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I yeah. think that, you know, it just I have an educated guess in my mind at this point. Like I by no means have it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> so, We're all saying a garden prayer, hoping that we don't run into bins. You know, wild things, composite of a garden. Hey, you never know. It's a pain in the ass, man. It is. It is. But it's interesting. And I mean, things still grew last year. I just had Mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, I'll just keep fertilizing and doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I've gone through and I've added three inches of compost around. Mm -hmm. So, So were there any vegetables you could have planted to aid in what you're trying to resolve here? You know, I don't... There may have been cover crops and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but I think the biggest thing to avoid this issue would goes back to using mulch and compost regularly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's the biggest thing that you can do. And you know that I've not never really been a big fan of mulch and mm-hmm. I still don't think it's a hundred percent. I think compost is a hundred percent. Like you have to use it. And I've always used compost to an extent. But, you know, to really go back and cor- correct, I think, is really what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's going to be the biggest part because, one, it doesn't have as much sand as the soil does. So it'll help with that drainage and it'll lock up those nutrients a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think um, there definitely is that component of drainage and kind of the good stuff just sliding on out. Yeah. You know. Um, and you have it bad in your, I mean, you could have it worse in your garden, right? Because yeah, it's on that I mean, concrete. I think- for the backyard, half of the garden is sitting in a space that is ripe for um, all of the nutrients. And when I say all, I'm being a little bit extreme, but nutrients draining out, right? Like I, I literally see it. You know? right. So, um, I mean, I think that there's some lessons I know from watering indoor house plants that I could apply to watering um, those beds that could help a little bit. But that kind of feeds into how many more hours am I outside watering, you know? Uh, So the gift is that I'm able to, to get food from those beds. The curse is it takes, it's a little bit more upkeep, if you will. You know, so if I did a cost analysis for the backyard garden, concrete beds, it'd be higher than the other ones, you know? Yeah. More expensive, if you will. Cause you just add potting soil and like bag potting soil. Uh, For the, no, no, uh, bag garden soil. So the only place I use potting soil or mixes in containers, but yeah, bagged garden soil for many years. And then now bagged garden soil and bagged compost. So So for my area, it's how much bagged garden soil do you add every year? I'd probably say I spend maybe 15 bucks on a garden bed a year. And that's probably at the high, high price of the soil. So, um, 
the soil now is like 50% off of the price I normally pay. So I used to pay like seven bucks a, a bag. And then I'd pay like three bucks a bag for compost. So seven for soil, three for compost. So that's 10 a year. Um, and then if I say maybe I add another half a bag or something, now it's much, much cheaper. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, about one bag of compost and one bag, one or two bags of compost and one bag of soil. And you just put that right on top. Beds. Um, most times I work up the beds because I like it. Okay. Uh, so I'll put it on top and then there are some beds that are much older um, I, right at this stage, beds are like either two years old, three years old, or like six or seven years old. So that one, you can see the difference in the soil makeup. So I'll really try to work in that new soil and that compost. Yeah. See, I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to go no dig, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm trying not to like till, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, you know, that's why I was curious. Like you just, you know, cause it's, doesn't sound cheaper, but it is cheaper the way you do it because every year you're adding a little bit here and there, a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Versus like, oh shit, I got a problem. Let's fix it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's the thing is these problems don't arise overnight. It's like a slow burn mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you check out my Instagram and if you've ever seen me with a truck full of bagged soil this is why yeah you know um so it's not just because you're some fucking psycho lady is like i love soil so much that i'm gonna hoard it you know you are using it well i I i'm not sure if i can really deny that (laughs) (laughs) i do have a tendency to say and and uh, i need one thing but i'm gonna buy five things yeah you had me nervous for a second i was you looked at me and i was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) no but um but yeah it's it's exactly that and i generally don't do especially now because the bags are like 350 or something and i know for people that don't pay for soil at all i mean i know they're like 350 it's kind of like if you i don't know you guys you you pay for water right like water from yeah yeah so but there are places that you don't and like when you talk about like oh my water bill like wait what you know uh so yeah the 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 charge for soil um real tangent i got a gift card from home depot uh for the holidays from a friend and i'm all like i need to wait and buy something really special with it you know and it's right should i use to buy dirt like that's pretty special yeah you know it really is and you know even though I've added, like I've topped off my bed. So I've mulched them. I composted them mm-hmm. and no mixing, mm-hmm. just composted on top. And then I'm going to plant and mulch again. I'm thinking that I might just go out and buy some bags of garden salt, like one big one for each bed and just say, yeah. I'll have them for next year yeah. and kind of storm, you know, because I mm-hmm. think it's, it's really important to do that. And it's yeah. amazing what just that little bag of compost will do for your bed every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, your plants will love you for it. Yeah. That I've learned, right? Yeah. And I think that just as a note, one of the things that um, that I started off with adding the soil, I'm trying to balance because compost is a whole different thing. I added was adding the soil just because of the compression when it came to, you know, how compressed the soil would get in the regular in-ground bed. So they're raised beds, but they're sitting on native soil, or they were at one point. That's the oldest garden beds in my garden, front or backyard. And then the other beds, it just became, okay, I have two-thirds of soil left in this new season compared to what I had last season. And those beds aren't, aren't high to begin with. So there's soil 
and then concrete. So there's not a whole lot of growing space there. So I was right. going to try to top those beds off. And it just became a habit. You know, some, you know how we are about routine sometimes. Um, so like you said, it was unconscious. I didn't realize, you know, that I was doing good things for the things that I would plant there. No, so. and it's the same thing that I would do in my last garden is every year I would just drop some compost in. You know, just mm-hmm. throw a bag on top. You know, never and never had an issue ever mm-hmm. you know what I mean but it was every year we did it and that's kind of like I think it's one of those things where people know the good practices and they do them and then we really don't have to worry about it but, yeah, yeah you know it's like I mean I remember clearly last year being like I need to get comp I'm like no nah, I'm all right I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put some more of this dirt on there I'm, I'm good yeah. you know what I mean I remember clearly thinking that mm-hmm. and um it just didn't you know like what's it gonna hurt right yeah you know? it's just yeah. one year what's it gonna mm-hmm. hurt but then the reality mm-hmm. is is like you know that garden is getting stressed every year it's more mm-hmm. and more and more and more and so it was it's very important to kind of keep up with that so I find it fascinating that you have basically never had an issue and it's because stumbled you into it. You well, stumbled I mean, again, into so just to, just to clarify, um, I've generally, and I've not measured it year to year to year. So when I talk about this is my last year was the biggest garden ever, my biggest harvest ever. I mean, it's just square footage. It's the biggest space ever. Right. Yeah. So I don't remember how many tomatoes I used to get, you know, when I only garden in that 30 by four foot space. Um, but what I do know is I can distinctly remember one of the newer garden beds, it was sitting about two feet tall. So it was like two feet tall, still seven by four feet as far as length and width. And I thought it was the, I built, it was one of the, uh, I probably built some garden beds before then, but it was one of the garden beds that I had built. I was very proud of it. It was like fresh, you know, wood, you know how wood looks. It's real pretty that first year, right? And I had all of my little plants. I had my little square foot garden, you know, ties off. And I was just watching those plants do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there were pepper plants, maybe even a tomato plant there. So again, this is on a concrete patio. And I was talking to a good girlfriend of mine who um, dabbles in gardening. And she's like, well, what kind of compost do you use? And I'm like, again, you know, the my mindset, it's the, there's dirt and there's a vegetable plant. That should be all I need. Mm-hmm. And so she recommended the compost that I use now. And Which is? Uh, it's manure. Did you know I was gonna? Did you know the name of it? And you know I would have to say it like that. M O O dash N U R E. It's a brand that I've only seen at Home Depot. Um, I use and, Black Cow, and when I lived up north, yeah. I used Gulf of Maine. I've not seen. I've seen Black Cow at um, some of the nurseries, and it's expensive here in comparison to. Um, the moo newer. There's yeah. also a mushroom version that looks very similar and when it comes to the packaging that I see at um, the big box, you know, home improvement yeah, stores. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested about um, mushrooms. Next week, we're going to be talking about compost and um, yeah. we're going to have somebody on talking about it and it's going to be interesting because he's yeah, doing... I'm- um, mushroom compost right now he just went and picked up like 500 pounds of like mushroom substrate uh-huh. so I'm very curious about it and maybe it all comes in time because remember I was rejecting her idea so this is probably 17 2017 or something I was rejecting her idea of like I was like really do I really have to so I wonder if maybe two three years from now we'll be talking and I'll be like absolutely add fertilizer you know maybe just again it takes me a long time to embrace it because I am team compost you know like I believe in it there is a strong argument that says add compost no need for fertilizer 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I am a strong advocate of both personally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it comes down to cost and what your results are and what you're looking for, but mm-hmm. I don't see an issue with it at yeah. all. You know, um, and like I've, I've told you before, if you're relying on your fertilizer, then you're, you're just putting a bandaid on, you know, yeah. on, you know, you've cut off your arm. You're trying to plug it with a bandaid. It's just not going to work. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Do you believe that all gardens need fertilizer or do you believe fertilizer is a remedy for some deficiency? Um, so I believe that fertilizer is a remedy, but I also believe that it is the protein powder that you give a bodybuilder. You know, mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. that like your garden's going, you're like, boom, give it that extra boost. Give it that extra boost. I know you all have been waiting. It's like we're 40 minutes into the episode. Is none of this bail worthy? I've said Absolutely three things is. that were bail worthy. I'm like, <laughs> but hand's broken. But but I think that's really what it is. You know, it, and, you know, it's the steroids, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. And I think there's mul- like I use the Neptune's fish fertilizer and I always mm-hmm. have. And I always will. And there's nobody that will ever talk me out of it because mm-hmm. I just have always done it. And that feeds at a microbial level. Yeah. That doesn't even add a lot, but yeah. it just adds enough to where I'm like, I, I fucking want to do it. You yeah. know, like one of the you- things, the lessons that I saw quickly and this all it's connected. So I was growing um, squash last year in containers, which I think I've only I want to say maybe I've only grown squash and raised beds before. Um, and these were about 16, 17 gallon ca- containers. So all for all intents and purposes, it's not like the five you know gallon bucket challenge or anything like that. It's sizable compared to what you see a lot of people grow food in. And um, things would take off, you know, whether it was a transplant or whether I direct. So things looked good until that plant got sizable. And I would watch. I mean, we were, if it wasn't daily, it was every other day watering. I would watch the leaves turn yellow. I'd kick in some fertilizer and guess what would happen? It's green like a Christmas tree, you know, see? and it's something to be able to see, you yeah. know, that correction, that course correction, if you now, will. Now, what fertilizer were you throwing on it? Um, I believe it would be the blue bottle of Neptune's it Harvest. Was, okay, so it was the yeah, fish seaweed was. fertilizer yeah. from yeah. Neptune. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah because Batavia one. was not, I remember last year, Batavia was like, you're going to have to talk about it because I don't really use fertilizer and, uh, yeah. you know. She's like, what do I do? And I'm like, just yeah. water with it, you know? And it's crazy. like it, and, I, and I'm not trying to do a product endorsement necessarily, but, you know, I think for anything, even like your water-soluble fertilizers that are not, you know, synth- that your synthetic ones, you're mm-hmm. going to see a difference with all of them. And it's crazy to watch that mm-hmm. turn around like mm-hmm. that. And it says something to you, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it makes you think. Well, there are a couple of things. There's a laziness, though, and, and not just take a right turn to fertilizing but i remember a couple of years ago with my hibiscus you know that's damn it it's my number one favorite flower i said it all right it's been said it's not the first time <laughs> why you act like you're coming out oh because i always say it like my top three or top five because i just don't want to make i don't want to make a difference in my flower babies uh, so i was at a nursery and just these lush big beautiful blooms like a dozen blooms on a plant right and right. those uh, uh, those basically bloom and then that next day, overnight, that thing shrivels up. But the idea is that there are more blooms to take its place. Right. And so I was asking one of the um, one of the associates, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I would get at that point two blooms, maybe, maybe. And she's like, 
it, it's missing something. It needs something. It needs food, right? And right. so I knew then when she said, "It's if, if you feel like it answers the thing that you want, like it gives you the answer you want, when she said you could get more blooms, it would more consistently bloom if you were feeding it. It doesn't have what it needs. Then I was like, huh, watching the leaves turn from yellow to green again for the zucchini plant, you know, after being fed with fertilizer, like that's, that's telling now what i do is and because i had already bought it i use just a regular like a miracle grow fertilizer like on my flowers yeah um and i use the neptune's harvest fertilizer because i mean we're also balancing price and cost and all of that and i'll use that on my vegetables um the only Dude. place i didn't use it last year was my collard greens which is so funny because they kicked ass last year but collard greens are like tough though but like yeah my, man my, my flowers and pots and even in like my flower beds like I don't use nothing organic on them. I mean, straight yeah. up, like, yeah. I will if I have it, but I put a slow-release pellet fertilizer in there, so I don't even have to mm-hmm. worry about it. And then every mm-hmm. once in a while, like, if I have a little bit left over in my can, I'll, I'll pour some Neptunes in there, but, mm-hmm. I mean, and I wish I could. It's just, it does come down to cost. Yeah. You know, it yeah. really doesn't. It's like, okay, what do I want to nourish more? And it's not really nourishing. It's like, I, I want to focus more in organic on this, on my mm-hmm. vegetables, than I do on my petunias. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, generally, you're still not putting anything toxic on it. So you think, oh, what about the bees? Right. Yeah. And it's still not you're putting anything toxic. But when it comes to my dollar for dollar, yeah. you know, if I'm going to use some organic mixture, it's going to be on the thing that I plan on eating. So. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of a no brainer in my mind. But, you know, mm-hmm. some people don't. And I mean, I know that like Neptunes and a lot of these places, they all have like flower, you know, um, formulas and stuff like that mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know the bigger my garden gets the more expensive that shit gets too and it's yeah, like you sure. know, i'm going through about two gallons a year of the neptune's fish fertilizer mm-hmm. and so that's not cheap you know what i mean yeah. and i try and do no. it every two weeks i try and go out there and i do how do you use it i um add it to a water can so you water um, the ground yeah, I water the soil. Okay, see, I water the leaves with it. I feed the yeah, leaves. Yeah, which I know it's a part of the recommendation as well. Yeah. Mm. I do it but I'm out here like, shoot, I'm trying to get directly to the source. I Look, I don't have that Neptune's yeah. Harvest money to spend on the leaves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but you know what I did do it when I had like... um when I saw my cucumber plant starting to falter, I would water the leaves in that instance. But things that looked healthy, like all of my pepper plants last year, I would just go straight to the soil, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it kind of is what it is. You know, I got a big, um, I bought a big sprayer, like a gallon sprayer this year. That mm-hmm. I, can, I had a handheld one, like a little, yeah, you know, and I got a big gallon one to carry around. I mean, it, I pulled it out the other day because I was, um, I still have to spray my um, greenhouse with mm-hmm. Neptune. Mm-hmm. So I, I mixed up a batch, tried it for the first time. And my son had some of his friends over and they were playing in the other plane in the woods. <laughs> And they go, oh my gosh, he's got some kind of dangerous chemical in there. Yeah, yeah, And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, it's just rotten fish. <laughs> and you, you know, it's just, it smells bad, but it's the, the whole, the look of it makes you think mm-hmm, that it's mm-hmm. something terrible in there. But, yeah, um, yeah. and I got that because, you know, a lot of times I want to spray under the leaves, but I can't mm-hmm. get up under there and I don't want to crawl. So it kind of helps to spray and get, it gives a fine mist to help foil feet, uh, foilier feed 
the plants. So, yeah, I wanted a more of a spray, but you know, at some point after the third Google search and third set of reviews that are bad on something, I just give up. I'm just like, all right, I'll just go ahead back to the watering can. No, so dude, products, go on you know? Amazon. I got mine for twelve bucks for a gallon. I was shocked at how cheap it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just got to take care of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're kind of temperamental, yeah. but you know. It is what it is. But see, I can mix all my other stuff in there and spray too because I spray with neem oil and mm-hmm. um, BT and stuff like that. I kind of have a routine of spraying for that. Okay. So okay. it kind of helps me to keep up with it. And the easier it makes it, the better, I, more I use it and the better off I am overall. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. kind of yeah, works Yeah, I mean, way. I think that's just one more example of feeding the soil. I love the protein powder for the, uh, you know, the bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Um I, but you I know, still, if you want to stick on that for a second, you don't have. To, if you're a bodybuilder, you don't have to drink protein. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can you could eat, eat eight heads of lettuce. You can oh, I'm eat, sorry. Fuck you. You can eat more <laughs> protein. So for the record, hold on. Um, that was an assault, not on <laughs> me by him, but on me or by me to him. If you all heard the healthy living, you yeah. know, guarding for a healthy lifestyle episode, was that the episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, um, no, I don't know what episode was it? it was now. Or the one before that where, um, yeah, he's full of shit. I called him on it and yeah. I think I may continue here and there. So <laughs> Eat it. But, um, you know, th- th- in that same analogy, feeding the soil would be just eating more protein for a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. like natural foods and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. And I think if you do that, you're setting yourself up to win mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's the kind of key for us and what you've been doing all these years and it's so funny because i think you know the 98 people 98 percent of people that answer that question they're probably naturally doing it and they don't mm-hmm, even realize mm-hmm. that they're mending their soils and they're helping out and stuff like that so yeah you don't want to get into an over fertilization situation and I, I think that also it just comes with time you know so your garden your first garden today the way that you maintain it will likely be different five years from now. Yeah. You'll pick up some tricks and some tips along the way. You'll make adjustments. I think it's really important to note, oh, that's such a cool mug, man. That's this not what I wanted to note, but yeah. How many ounces is that? I don't know. I'm a big a fan lot. of a mug. Yeah, I love some mugs. but It's a uh, travel mug, but these podcasts go so long that it gets cold, so... <laughs> This is true. Look at this is one of my favorites, but it's so itty bitty, and I'm just like this little bitty yeah. munchkin kind of. You know? <laughs> like if you weren't on camera right now, you'd probably be sticking your tongue in the bottom of it, trying to get yeah, that last right? little like bit trying out. Yeah, right. to get to the bottom of it. Was it the other day we were talking? I'm stirring it with my yeah. finger. So anyway, um, where was I? The I thing know. to note. Oh, 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 oh. Um, I firmly believe that the gardener today, 2021 their garden will be different in 2031 and very likely there will be either different and or more vegetables and all of that feeds into (laughs) the controller of the bell feeds into what you need to do to maintain your garden right you know so that very first year when i planted with my grandparents well that that would have been 2008 um you know tomatoes i probably had one tomato plant you know a couple of cucumber plants and a couple of you know bell pepper plants like what did i really need you know did i don't even remember i bought soil to be quite frank 
you know so the reality is I, I cleaned up the weeds and, and raked up the leaves and probably just put those starter plants I got from Home Depot right into the ground um but as the years have turned, <laughs> I've, you know, changed a lot um, as far as my garden style, found a garden style. How about that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that this is informative for me because it's a reminder of um, as we get from where we are now into the season, there's a cause and effect for all of this. You know, so it's not that I don't have a green thumb when, you know, my plants don't produce many flowers or don't produce many, you know, much fruit. There's a cost to this. And it gives me another reminder of going back to say you're now on year 10 for that garden bed on the patio that although you've been adding soil to it you know is it really getting all that it needs especially because again i'm I'm moving towards some heavy feeders too this season that i'm putting in some of these beds yeah and i mean you know the heavy feeders thing is an issue and you know the one thing to think about in this garden i have rotated my tomatoes around every single bed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. since it started and they are known as heavy feeders and tomatoes are a big part of what we all grow yeah so um let me take a moment to speak on that though which is pretty interesting And Lord knows I don't want to jinx myself. But remember I said this would be the 14th year. So this would be the 14th year I've grown tomatoes in essentially the same place. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that that middle of the cage, maybe that middle space is the space that I've been pretty consistently grown tomatoes. Um, And while I've tried them here and there in other spots and pockets of the garden, that's the same space. And I, one of the reasons why I kind of, you know, low key rejected crop rotation was like, I haven't had any problems. Tomatoes always grow right there. But the reality is that, you know, I am slightly amending my we soil are adding every soil year, every year. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that may have a lot to do with it, too, that you're yeah. physically adding new soil every yeah. year. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't think I. So, first of all, I agree with you and I disagree with you on crop rotation. And I don't really mm-hmm. want to have a turn this into a crop rotation discussion. I think we have that on the schedule. Oh, and I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, you heard that. That was a full on sigh. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, the whole thing, though, is it's all about feeding. It's all mm-hmm. about replenishing. It's all about amending that soil. And also disease. Right. That feeds into it as well. Yeah, you And know? I mean, you know, having weak plants from weak soil leads to. Mm-hmm to strong disease mm-hmm. you know and that's i mean it's just like anybody else if you don't if you're you nutrient pause, deficient man. yourself you're fitting to get sick i oh i gotta pause yeah you gotta pause i mean i was you oh, know i'm no. all bundled up here i'm wrapping my arms around myself trying to keep warm and you're <laughs> dropping those gems man i'm trying to get my hand in there for the buzzer <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's the same idea and it's 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 weird though because you know as a human it's hard to think about it that way because i'm like what am i supposed to give it a hamburger you know what I mean? Like, what do you yeah, mean yeah, this yeah, blood yeah. meal works or this pot mm-hmm, ash mm-hmm. works? You know, mm-hmm. all those weird, you know, additives that Epsoma uses because that's all part of it, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And I've said it before and I say it again, you know, the organic ones that have to compost are really are going to be your best bets because they will continue to feed to longevity feed, yeah. wise. So yeah. that being hmm. said, use whatever the hell you want. You know, yeah, man. I, I mean, you? I think that there is just like a part of this is just like cooking. Yeah. You know, some folks look at meals and say, well, it isn't it isn't spaghetti unless you add this. 
Uh, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine about how the difference in like things like cornbread, macaroni and cheese and dressing or, you know, we call it dressing. And we used to eat Jiffy cornbread Mm -hmm. all the time. My grandmother used to put it in a casserole dish or even a cast iron skillet used to come out of the oven like, you know, it's homemade. And I was really old before I realized like so many people eat hot water cornbread, you know, so cornbread with cornmeal, right? And folks judge, right? Like, oh, well, no, that's not because it tastes completely different. Um, But people get used to making a certain thing a certain way. Um, Could my grandmother cook with hot water cook? hot water cornbread sure she could but her preference was to mix up the jiffy mix uh-huh. um so there are people when you mentioned blood meal that made me think of it there are people that have a recipe for their garden this is how they are feeding their garden i've seen people online that move from one area to another and they have all of these additives and, and and amendments and they're doing the same routine now one could argue if that routine was really about feeding that particular place you wouldn't necessarily duplicate that when you go to the next place no it's just a thing that they believe yields stronger plants healthier plants and that's something they carry forward with them from garden to garden yeah and that's something that that. i've been thinking about too is that i need to come up with a routine of some sort Mm -hmm. you know a good measure routine Mm -hmm. you know add Mm -hmm. a little bit of this and add a little bit of that and just kind of you know even it out yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, in different times of the year, you know, different crops need different, they have different requirements. Yeah. And yep. so like right now, for example, in spring, you're going to, everything's going to be a little bit more nitrogen heavy because that's what produces the green. Mm-hmm. So, you and know, it's a lot of what we're growing in the spring. Yeah, It is. It's a lot of what we're growing in the spring. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in the summer everything requires a little bit more potassium and you know all that stuff and like your perennials you know for years i've been adding potassium to them in the fall because or you know late real late summer early fall because it Mm -hmm. builds the roots so they can live longer you know be stronger for the winter Mm -hmm. so um that's all part of it and i think just you know maybe you don't have a routine maybe you do but either way it helps but there's you know, enough information out there to help you determine what your what makes sense for your one your routine and then what your formula is. Yeah. By the way, I was looking up your um seed starting mix formula. Oh yeah, and yeah. Well, there may have been a component that was purchased recently in order to make up that mix. Kicking for you? and screaming. Yeah. What was the yeah, component? The vermiculite. I bought yeah. 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 That's yeah, the only thing I didn't have on hand already. I know. It's kind of, mm-hmm. that's the more expensive one, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's the crucial one. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, my seedlings are doing good. Yeah. Good on you. My broccoli is about, my broccoli and cauliflowers are about five to six inches high now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're getting mm-hmm. ready. Get ready good, to go. Good. <laughs> it won't be long. Before we move on to the next segment, I just want to give you a little, little hint, little tip. <gasps> A little surprise. Not a tip. Surprise. Oh, come on. Which one is it now? I'm My trying to get excited. My flower seedlings are growing. Oh, that is so freaking awesome. Like a massive success. Like, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you start again? <laughs> what did I start? What, you, what didn't you start, huh? <laughs> Yarrow, Snapdragons, Salvia, um, Salvia, a lot of all those. Mm-hmm, uh, black mm-hmm. and white dianthus 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember came. you saying you liked them last year. Yeah. Well, I didn't need the black and white until this year, which is not really black. It's like a deep, deep, deep purple. Purple. Just yeah. for the record, it's not black. Like yeah. you put sunlight on it. I mean, it. I knew it couldn't have been, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can't be. So um, Lupin, Lupin, I think. That's a new series on uh, Netflix, just so you know. What? Lupin. I'm is sorry, it re- go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those... Um, one of those, um, uh, what do they call them? Um, heist shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, these flowers aren't heist. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and then there's um, there's some others I can't remember, but I was a little upset because I have to do it in waves now. Mm-hmm. I was gonna some, ask, yeah, because a lot of these were like twenty days to germination, mm-hmm. and so I was like, well, I'll start them now. And then like five days later, I'm like, shit, they're all growing, so. <coughs> I'll just be pot- and I and I totally anticipated potting them up and getting them yeah. big before I yeah. put them out. So it'll be it'll be cool. But I mean, it's going to be by perennials, small. You know, in I was going to say that that's um that's a great use of the um the greenhouse though. Yeah. When it comes to you getting to the next stage, maybe you know a few weeks from now, you can go ahead and start moving some of those those that you pot- potted up to the greenhouse because you're yeah. I mean space is going to be an, it's always going to be an issue you know yeah so that level of my seed starting station at this point the lights are staying on 24 hours a day mm-hmm. for the next three to four days because everything's kind of popping separately so I'm trying to be careful of that but um, the seed heat mats seedling uh-huh. mats I've uh-huh. never used them before uh, they definitely do speed up germination okay. I can you know I've, I've had all, all kinds of stuff like it cuts it in half yeah, that's a garden extra for me. I was actually looking at. Um, I had some. Uh, I bought some of the some more of the domes. So you mm-hmm. know the seed tray, and then they have the plastic dome, and they, they only let that plant get so tall. It's like what maybe two inches or whatever. But I was looking and I saw the seed, um, the heat mat, and it was like twenty two bucks, and I was like, mm, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I got two <laughs> because for I've 22. had some pretty. Yeah, I've had, well, you know, Chicago prices. I've had some pretty good luck with germination. Now, again, it differs per plant, per vegetable, per, you know, flower and so on. So at the onset, because I have some things that, you know, are doing pretty well. Um, There's some others that we'll talk about at a later date. (laughs) But germination hasn't been an issue. Um, Amazon, they were cheap. It was mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. after I saw them and I got them and I've used them, I'm like, damn, because, you know, I've never used them before mm-hmm. and almost 100 percent germination rate and almost 100 percent faster. So, yeah. Um, and the trick is, is they only, you only use them until they germinate and then you take it away. Mm-hmm. So I only have two mats, but I have multiple flats going. So as soon as one pops, I just switch them around and, mm-hmm. you know, it seems to work out pretty good. But I, I, I definitely am a fan of them. Um, Bridgette at San Diego Seed Company. When she talked me into it last year, I was like, all right, fine. And <laughs> I'm glad I wouldn't buy more than two, though. You know, it's just yeah. kind of you could start seeds without it. But yeah, I've seen quite a few folks use them. I um, you know, I'm, I'm actually keeping my eye on it because you're all, you know, get always ready to kick into maintenance mode uh, or problem solving mode. There is my basement is pretty warm. Yeah. Um, And probably warmer than the seedlings would really want. Um, so I'm keeping an eye on that, you know, when it comes to some of these things that are going to be down there for a good while. Um, but it's the balance that's where my furnace is. And I've closed all of the vents that I can. And I just, you know, I like to be warm in my house. But you so. might not need it because if it's warm down there, you just mm-hmm. might, you might be getting the benefit of, you know. Yeah. Between most that people and, don't the, have that. and the dome, I think I'm getting kind of that 
you know. What's the temperature down there? I don't know. I don't have a thermostat down there. You don't have a thermometer. Thermometer. Don't I get that mixed up every time, don't I? Yeah, you could get a $5 thermometer and put down there. Yeah, I have one in the garage that I could take down there. But again, I'm not, I've not done that. I'd probably say easily 75, 76 degrees. Yeah, that's that's what, I mean, because mm-hmm. the, the heat mat, I believe, goes 10 to 20 over the ambient temperature, supposedly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that you're definitely, so you don't even need it. Congratulations, mm-hmm. lucky Thank ass. You. You I'm stumbling into stuff left and right. But let me tell you about my electricity bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a painful thing. Yeah, actually, I've been monitoring. Just a, as a quick note, when we come back, I'll, I just want to drop that note uh, when it comes to cost and yeah. all. Well, you know, you started talking about food earlier and made me hungry. So Always. It's time for somebody, I don't even know who, to give you the recipe of the day. Was there something that I had said that I was going to give you a recipe for soon? I can't remember. Well, for sure, it's either a soup or a stew, but I still think it's a part of your being stingy. Me being stingy? Yeah, with your the recipes. Yeah. <laughs> That's Wasn't rude. it the uh, unchicken noodle soup that you were going to give? I gave that. Did you? Yeah, I gave that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I had the cumin in it, remember? Oh, yeah, because it's clutch. I remember that. Yeah, it is clutch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I can keep on with this soup thing. I have this soup that I call trash soup. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I took it to, we had a uh, we had a dinner at our church one time. And they were like, what kind of soup is this good? I was like, oh, it's trash soup. And they are like, oh. And they all put it down. They are like, great. <laughs> but uh, it's just that because it's like everything that's kind of like left over as mm-hmm. far as vegetables go. And I usually cook it this time of year because... I use the um, corn or the um, green bean, carrot, and pea kind of mixture, the succotash mixture. You get the, mm-hmm. the frozen section. Mm-hmm. So you start with a bag of that. Um, but it's an onion sauteed, and then it's a bag of that, and then it's mm-hmm. literally whatever the other vegetable you have. But it's always a green goes into it. Okay. okay. So we're adding kale. Um, you can add spinach. You can add mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't add lettuce because it just isn't good. Yeah. But the key when you're doing kale or collards or anything for this is you put it in in the beginning and cook it with everything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. once you start the actual boiling process of the soup. Yeah. So what I do is I saute the onion and then I add the vegetables just to kind of get them to break up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I add your broth whatever kind of broth you want to use. I don't care. Um, You put in about six cups of that and then a can of diced tomatoes that you've, you can hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but you add that and then you add a grain of some sort. Mm -hmm. So I use barley a lot of the time and then it's a can of beans as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, wait, like not str- string beans or no, no, like bean okay. beans mm-hmm. like okay. um a lot of times we'll use kidney beans mm-hmm. but you know pick your bean whatever you feel like eating if it's a black sure. bean i would drain them well i, I drain and rinse all my beans uh-huh. so drain and too, rinse yeah. them add them and then you put in your kale or whatever and you just want to make sure it cooks down good mm-hmm. and then i add salt pepper garlic cayenne pepper 
um, just a little bit of cayenne just to give a, a little kick. And then just kind of mix it together, cook it for about, you bring it to a boil, then you simmer it for about 20 to 30 minutes whenever everything's mm-hmm. done. Then at the end, I add basil. So to the pot, to the bowl, as you eat it, you add the basil. Okay. okay? You don't cook it in there. You put it in the bowl as you okay. eat it. And as much as you, and more the better. But, <laughs> and I actually got that this from- This is dried um, basil at this time of year though, right? Um. Well, you know, fresh basil if you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. You know? So um, a lot of people, you know, and basil is actually a good one you can grow inside too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can definitely use it. But um, yeah, dried basil, if that's all you have, fresh mm-hmm. basil is better, always better. And um, I got that from um, P- Panera Bread. Oh, okay. They okay. always yeah, had yeah. a soup and I was like, man, I really like the soup. I really like the soup. And it was just the basil they put on top. <laughs> so I was like. Yeah, they always put it like right in the middle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when you mix it up, you know how it doesn't really mix up well. And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's good. But I noticed like as I got halfway through, I'm like, I don't like this anymore. So it was <laughs> literally just all the basil, all yeah, the basil yeah. was gone. So <laughs> that's really the key behind it. But it's a really hearty filling soup and it gets rid of a lot of like extra vegetables, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm, I've added mm-hmm. mushrooms, peppers, just all kinds of stuff. And yeah. adjust as you need. You know, if you like peppers can go kind of weird with some stuff. So just be careful. and. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, get creative with it, but it's it's basically a trash soup. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I um I joke with some friends around like I don't. This may not be your experience, but you know, you have all of the good intentions on you know eating you know healthy and making good decisions, and then you have all these vegetables in your you know vegetable bin, and it's like you know picture the zombie. I've seen this meme. The zombie looking back at you is the vegetables that are dying in your your bin as you order takeout you know so it's nice to be able to i mean if you're not composting like batavia isn't and it's a good way to say hold on these are still good let me in turn fold this into a soup and it seems pretty easy to cook too you had me at diced tomatoes because i'm all i'm looking for all kinds of ways to use you know know, things that i can or tight diced tomatoes going on almost every soup. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's actually hard for me to find a good soup that doesn't call for diced tomato, a can of diced yeah. tomatoes to start. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, and I mean, I just try to cook easy, man, you know, mm-hmm, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be crazy. You know, it's sometimes it's fun too, cause sometimes it can get kind of funky and sometimes <laughs> it won't be like, damn, that was good. You know, it's never the same, but if you use those basics, you know, the onion, the frozen vegetables, and then the seasonings and stuff as a mm-hmm. base and the greens, then you're good. And anything else you add in on top of that, like I like to put Just the mushrooms bonus. in because it gives it that meaty flavor. Texture. You yeah. know, if you mm-hmm. eat meat, for mm-hmm. sure add the meat in there, you know, chicken, mm-hmm. beef, whatever. So, I mean, it's it doesn't matter. Um, I I've, I put fish in there once. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. And that was because of the beans. Yeah. 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 And yeah. The beans and the um, grains didn't do good, but I love boiled fish. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Have you guys ever frozen that that soup that you just yeah. garbage trash yeah. soup? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and yeah. also uh, cabbage is really good in it. Oh, I could definitely cabbage see that. Cabbage is yeah. really effing good in it. Yeah. And it makes you have good gas, so it's awesome to have. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, cabbage is, now I you forget. have me, yeah. Yeah, cabbage has slipped my mind, but um, cabbage is really good in it, so... 
Okay, yeah, it's um, a good. And you got to cook the shit out of it when you put it in there, though. You don't really want it to have like. <laughs> You know, a lot of like um, body to it. You want to mm-hmm. really cook it down. Well, that's why I assume you said put those greens in at the beginning. Yeah. Because you do want it to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I find usually with soups, anytime I put a green in, I put them in real early. And mm-hmm. that's why um, when I was living in New England, the Portuguese, when I would go on the Portuguese boats, they would have mm-hmm. their soup. Um, I don't even remember the name of it, but, it, you know, it's kale soup. Mm-hmm. And um, they would always put the kale in like in the very beginning. And it makes it basically so it's a palatable soup because otherwise mm-hmm. you're like chewing the crap out of this kale. Yeah. And as a soup, you don't want that. So Yeah, I mean, if you think about every soup that you buy, you know, whether it's canned, if you're doing that, whether it's at a restaurant, like you, you rarely have chunks of leafy greens yeah. in there, you know. So, so yeah, yeah well, there's, this, there's something to that. Because that Portuguese soup is mostly kale. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. kale and chorizo in it mm-hmm. and it's really good really really good but that mm-hmm. kale is it doesn't have that big body to it so yeah okay so, i can dig it you know what you, you are actually convincing me that you may be some soup connoisseur i am mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, well, I said you, you may be possibly well, Asterisked around it. <laughs> hey, you know me. what? You're entitled for that, but I can keep yeah. throwing soup recipes. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy, and as a vegetarian and mm-hmm. as a vegan for a number of years, soups mm-hmm. are what got us through, especially yeah. living up north in the cold. We yeah. try to make one soup a week at minimum. And it's really good for a family as well, right? That's a thing that goes yeah. a long way. You know, I mean, you could you can make it go as long as you want. That's why I asked about it freezing it too. You know, Dude, so. if you have kids, all you do is you take the, the cabbage and slice it really thin, mm-hmm, which kind of mm-hmm. defeats the purpose. But then get like alphabet noodles and put it in there. And now you well, got alphabet yeah, yeah, soup, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a no brainer. So mm-hmm. all yeah, right, good we do deal. all that stuff. We did alphabet soup, but it pissed David off. So we don't do it anymore. <laughs> He's like, I can't spell anything in it. I'm done. <laughs> Cutest so, thing. Yeah. All right. So I did have one um, note. And this at this part of the year, if you're interested in this, so this may not apply to everyone. We, I don't know. Do we talk about it a lot? Like the expense of gardening. And I know that, you know, there's some people that are gardening for health reasons, there are other people that are gardening because it's healing to the soul. There's some folks that are gardening to balance budget, right? Um, and some folks that are gardening for all of those reasons. Uh, starting seeds indoors, I did have a slight concern about quite literally how much it would increase my electricity bill. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way that I started off was like towers, so two shelving units of lights that are on 16 hours a day which would never have been on electricity would not have been piping through, you know, those outlets under normal circumstances. So I did, it's not a scientific study, but I did look back at my January, 2021, um, um, light bill, which it doesn't have two, uh, shelving units lit yet, but it's getting there. And then I looked back at 2020 when I first started C's and this is the key. I went back and looked at 20, 19 which there was no indoor growing and it's comparable yeah i mean a dollar or two difference um so february is going to be february march will be the real real tale but i think a combination of the lighting sources that i'm using a little bit more conscious when it comes to lights on in other places um also even for 2019 i wasn't at home as much either you know so um so yeah i mean i feel pretty good about it still being a very cost effective way to garden yeah um so 
You, you do the math. I mean, you know, I did the math on the seedling, just one tray of seedlings on the bottom mm-hmm. of my flowers. It's $300 mm-hmm. worth of plants. Mm-hmm. And I still have room for one more tray. So, yeah. I mean, you do the math. I, I'll spend an extra 10 bucks on, on yeah. like to yeah. save $300, yeah. Dollars, yeah. you know, so you so heard wait. it here first, people. So, wait, there is a cost effective way to start 60 tomato plants. Is that what you're saying? That's there what is. I heard, people. There is. <laughs> there is. Listen to the Backyard Gardens TV and we're going to walk you right through it. Absolutely. So look, Batavia, before we close out the show, which I'm trying to do currently, is next week we're having the compost gentleman on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, my goal in that whole episode is to have you start a compost pile. And I'm going to drive the interview in that direction. Cool? I didn't know that's where you were headed, but of course you are. I mean, you know what? You're you're in North Carolina, so you can try anything. Maybe he's got a good tip to help you with your fears. How's that? Let's just be open. Let's be open. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to it. Let's do and it. I just I just need guarantees in a uh, life where there are no guarantees. I need guarantees is all. Okay. We'll work on it. So yeah. Yeah. All right, people, Damn you it, heard I, it. Why did I see this coming? <laughs> I was really excited about this. Okay. All right. Let's go. (laughs) New year, new Batavia. Ain't Mm -hmm. happening no more. All right, people. uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show and check out Tuesdays, our mini-sodes. They're coming out every Tuesday. They're just a small portion of what Batavia and I have to say about some kind of subject. And uh, stay safe. Be strong. Wear a mask. Don't lick handrails. And y'all have a good day. See ya. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your post and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.